And then you went to Germany. Hmm? And then you went to Germany after, right after we were married. We, where'd we go? To Germany. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. How would anybody ever forget that? Well, let me tell you how they'd forget that. They'd forget that because they had all these things happening and it had to be done and did and we were busy. If you want to know what busy is, come and ask me. I'll tell you. Now, my prompter said something about we went to Germany, and I knew that was going to happen, that I would have to go into the service. And you know what? They wasted no time. They wasted not a minute of my precious time uh, getting us ready to go to Germany and giving me a call to go to Germany or giving me an assignment that we were going to go to Germany. And uh, I didn't get to see my lovely wife very much before I came, before came the day that I was to get on the ship and go overseas to a long lost land called Germany. I tell you what, she had, she, that's Gloria, must have had some pretty wonderful parents because they decided, her father decided if I'm in Germany and Gloria's here at home without a husband, we're going to do something about that. So what he did was bought her a ticket to Germany and he sent her right over into my arms. All I had to do was get to the right airplane, and that wasn't easy, and find out which plane she was coming in on and, and make connections. And all those things took time and took special favors from lots of people to get me over there in the first place and to get Gloria over there so that we could be together. But we, but it happened, and I picked her up one day at the airport, and we got us an apartment and had two wonderful, loving years away from everybody, and I called it my honeymoon. And that was the beginning of our lives together. And it's been 61 years since that happened. Talking about Germany, we, we actually had to live there. Uh, I was stationed in Germany, and I was doing my training and my service, my service to my country. And I was there living off base we lived, we breathed, we danced, we loved, we ate breakfast and dinner and supper in Germany for two years. And that was quite an experience because, first of all, 
just think how awesome it would be to be in Germany and you're, we hadn't been too far, either one of us, out of our lives, away from our homes. And Gloria left her parents. In fact, her dad said, you belong, you belong with your wife, Gloria, and I'm going to get you to Germany, or get her to Germany to, to live with you. So she got to Germany, and we got us a home off base. All these things had to be worked out and taken care of. But the best thing we ever did was get her over to Germany because we spent our honeymoon in Germany. Tell them what you did in the Army. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you what I did in in the Army. Okay, well, when I took basic training in the Army, it came to no surprise to me but I was picked out of a group of people to do a special training, to do, do special duty is what it is really called. Uh, they needed, in Germany, the, the generals and the colonels and the captains and all those kind of big shots didn't have too much to do except manufacture something to do. So in my case, uh, these generals got together and they says, I got better shooters, that's shooting a gun. I've got better gun shooters in my possession than you have. And so they decided that they would find out firsthand who had the best men. And so the generals all got together and picked themselves a, a, a team. It was a rifle team. And they, they took a little bit of time, it wasn't just overnight, but they picked themselves the best man they could find and they put them on, they drafted them over to their army, their, their, team. their what? Team. Their team. Yeah, they drafted them over to their team and uh, that's really where I came in. I knew that I was a good shot. And my basic training proved to everybody that I was a good shot. And uh, I could handle a rifle, and I could hit my targets. And that's all that they wanted. And they wanted good men that could beat another team. So this started a big competition over there. The generals all got together and picked out their their special people that they could find, the most special, best shots 
that there was. And I happened to fall in that category as being a good shot with a rifle. And I had to prove it to them. I didn't just take my word for it or anybody else's word. But they put me on a team and I excelled in it. And they put me on another one and I excelled in it. And I was picked right out of all these people that they were talking to to be on this particular German gen or American general's team. You won lots of trophies, too. And we did win lots of trophies. I was good enough to carry my team right through the competition and win trophies. Mm -hmm. And that's what these generals wanted was they wanted to be the best, and they wanted to have trophies to show for it. You did this for two years. And I did that for a period of two years, just strictly shooting my rifle, practicing, going to matches, and holding up whatever the generals wanted me to do. I could do that because... I knew my rifle, and I knew what I could do with it. Actually, growing up, I got most of, of my learning as I was growing up because I lived on a country area, in a country area, and we lived on a farm where there was nothing but jackrabbits. And I spent days and days of my life out there shooting and hunting jackrabbits. They even had a bounty on these jackrabbits because they were a nuisance. They were coming in and eating the crops and whatever they could find that was valuable to us, they found and destroyed it actually. Huh? Tell them that we took a trip to Austria, Switzerland. Well, she's reminding me of things that I've long kind of put back in the back of my memory block. Okay, we flew home then. To New York. To okay. New York. Gloria and I flew together. And you bought a car. Uh, yeah, we flew together from Germany to New York. And guess what? I didn't have any transportation. So I bought a car and we drove home. And that's where I actually started uh, my life with Gloria is because we got us a place to live in, in the States, uh, in Cuna? No, Nyssa, Oregon. Nyssa, Oregon. Huh? You worked for a meat company. Yeah, there was a man there that I had been working for that owned uh, a, a meat. He had cattle, and they he butchered them for meat. Uh, and he sold the meat. He butchered them and sold this meat, and I was a part of that. I helped do the selling, and I helped all of it. And uh, so I became 
one of the team, you might say. I forgot what's next. And then you got a chance to work in the furniture store. Yeah, I guess I had a lot of time on my hands, but uh, I met my partners, my friends, that was to become a part of my life. And that was Leon Hales. He owned Hales Furniture, and he was well-known. And he was what you would call uh, a well-known person in that area. Everybody knew Leon Hales because, number one, he had a furniture store, and everybody bought furniture over there from him. I wouldn't say everybody, but he got his share. And so I ended up uh, getting hired as a salesman for that furniture store. And it was Hale's Furniture, ca called Hale's Furniture. So I got, got a job as a salesman. And there's no need to brag because all the bragging is done, but I was a good salesman. And I, and I proved it to them because I could sell an Indian a buffalo or whatever the saying is. I can't remember. But it's an indication of, of you can sell anything to anybody because you got the tact and the knowledge and the know-how. And that's why I excelled in the furniture business because I got a job in the furniture business as a salesman and I made a good living for how long, honey? More than two years. Yeah, a long time. Maybe, it, huh? Maybe five years. Yeah, Gloria thinks maybe five years. But I established myself, and we really had a life, uh, a good early life together because of the jobs I could get and the people I knew. And We lived in Nampa, Idaho at that time. And that was Nampa, Nampa Idaho. Idaho, yeah. Okay, end of story. No, and then you and Jack Madison. Huh? You and Jack Madison built your own store in Boise. We did what? You and Jack Madison built your store in, in Boise. Oh. In Boise. Well, Jack Madison was Leon Hale's partner in that furniture store that they had there in Napa. And, uh, well, my thoughts are all leaving me. And then you and Jack decided to have a partnership. But anyway, uh, Jack Madison decided to go on his own and get away from Leon and just have his own store, and they called it Madison's. Madison Grigg, because you were a partner. And had my name on it too, Madison Grigg. We went over there and built this uh, business 
from what we had. And uh, I still was, none of this would have happened if I hadn't have been a good salesman. But being a good salesman and and having a good job in a well-known furniture store where people get to know you quickly and you get to know the people and I could sell, I did, I did well. I just sold whatever uh, they wanted me to do and I excelled in my position and my job as a furniture salesman. And so Jack Madison and I decided we would leave Hale's furniture and let Hale's have it and we would open up this store in Boise and it was called Madison Grig. And that's where I got my start as a furniture owner and person. That pretty well cover it. Well, yeah, you, you worked there for 10 years probably. How many? Yeah, Gloria thinks we were there 10 years in that business before I decided to go out on my own. But I remember trying several things. One, one uh, it, it was all furniture selling and had to do with furniture and appliances. But I remember selling just about anything and I didn't have any problem getting established. I knew my job, uh, and I knew how to sell. And I had the lucky breaks all the way through my early life because people were looking for good salesmen that could sell furniture and appliances. But rather than work for somebody else, Jack Madison and I broke away from Leon Hales and and opened up our own furniture store. And then even still, later down the road, I left Jack Madison. I bought him out and had my own furniture store. This is Gloria Grigg speaking right now. This is June the 21st, 2016, and Gordon is going to finish his part about his life. He wrote a lot of poems and stories and things and we put it in a book and he's going to read some of these now of his childhood um, and I just want anybody that's listening to this to know that he has a lot more writings in this book than what we're going to say and if anybody's interested in getting one of these books Jody Grigg has a printing shop that's Joe and Sharon's son and he said that he would print up a book for anybody that wanted one, but you'd have to contact him or contact us, and we'll tell you how to get a hold of him. Okay, here's Gordon with the first one that he wrote in this book called Memories. Well, this is Tommy, alias Gordon. Alias, any other name you want to give me, I'll accept it. 
I do have several people call me different names because they don't really know me that well. But uh, we'll start out and read it just like it says in the book. And the first one is called Memories. Tommy. Oh, I might explain that Tommy stuff. Uh, my name is Gordon Thomas Grigg. And ever since I was a little tiny boy and could answer what and where and when or ask those questions, then I was right in with the thick of it. But I'll read it like it is in the book, and it's called Memories. Tommy was born in Boise, a very skinny soul. Uncle Nephi called me a thermometer. I was like a pole. Mom and Dad were good parents. I knew they loved me. I was to grow up a fine, dashing young man, you see. The Lord knew he had a great work for me to do. I loved life and doing things. I loved people, too. As I look back upon my early childhood days, I was destined to stay on the straight and narrow ways. My first best friend, Jerry, and I were born to learn together how to explore things and be close, like birds of a feather. We were inseparable, always together, from morn to evening. It was good to get up early and hear the birds singing. I learned the value of friendship and companionship. Up and down the alleys and bridges, there's nothing we'd skip. As we grew, we got jobs and found ways to earn money. We worked and played till the days were no longer sunny. So the lesson to be learned here is to hold on to memories so dear. Okay, now turn it to the next one. Next one is called School Days. School Days, School Days. Now I'm six. Time to start school. Everyone, especially my parents, thought it was cool. Behind my first teacher, Mrs. Sack, spelled S-A-C-K, I had my first seat. I couldn't get used to having shoes on my feet. For all summer long, all day long, we went without shoes. Up this alley, down this one, carefree with nothing to lose. Taking my wagon filled with vegetables, we went door to door, asking people to buy my corn and cucumbers, better than a store. But now we were learning to spell our name. In school, at our desk, some of the letters all looked the same. Learning to read and learn the alphabet, what a large task. 
Little did the teacher realize that this was way too much to ask. But before long, as the days quickly went by, I was able to read and cross my T's and dot my I's. School became fun, and learning was fun, and recess, too. I loved playing marbles and winning something I like and winning something I love to do. Now in my old days it's a pleasure to look back and think of the fun and good times. Now they are they are gone quick as a wink. My early day as school days are fond and happy, sweet memories. The friends we made, the things we did, all make great stories. Okay, this one is entitled, So Long, Emmett. That's where we lived, Emmett, Idaho. So now it came time to leave the only place I knew. All the fun and friends, the memories of where I grew. I would miss my bridge that I so dearly loved to climb. My job stacking slab wood would be gone. I couldn't make a dime. My home that was always kept so clean and neat by mother, I would no longer have that security, so would need to find another. Her cooking, her cakes and pies, the best you could get. My friend Jerry, my buddy, the best person I ever met. This town where I grew up and learned how to fish would just be a memory and all I could do now is wish that I would be able to remember all the things we did, like school and marbles and church and friends as a kid. Early one morning, my dad went out on the road with a suitcase. He put out his thumb as cars went by and said, I'm going to this place. This place was Vale, and I asked if it was very far. Yes, and while I'm there, I'm planning on buying us a car. So my dad got a ride. It took no time at all. The weather was cold and windy as it was turning fall. Before I knew it, here came my dear old dad. He was driving a 1935 Ford pickup. Says he paid all he had. While he was gone, he bought a farm, so we'd soon be leaving. He said it was for the best and I would be happy. He had me believing. So we all said goodbye and before long we were out of sight. I knew my life was changing. I was destined to milk cows day and night. This has a heading also. It's entitled, My New Home. I loved my new home and the wide open spaces. We had 80 acres with hills and gullies. So many places to roam and explore and to hunt, and to just dream. And oh, we had chores to do because we needed milk and cream.
I soon learned that farming made you tough and strong. Feeding the horses and cows hay, this is where I belong. Hitching horses to wagons and gathering the new hay. Stacking the hay with the derrick. High was a long day. We would be up at 5.30 a.m. to feed and milk the cows. Then we would have breakfast and then slop the sows. The chickens would have to be fed and the coops cleaned. Some of the buildings were old and the fences leaned. My new home was part of my old grandpa's land. He and my dad divided it up. It was a good plan. Grandpa would keep his house and the land around it. My dad would build us a new home on a hill, would it sit? I remember the home so well, especially at night, for all of the rooms, in order to see were by candlelight. Often we would gather around the wood stove, so very hot. I always remember the burn on my bottom that I got. My days growing up and learning to be a man, learning about horses and cows and doing all I can to improve my life and what I would someday be is what life is all about and why we're here, you see. This one's called To, Grand to Grandma's House. When I was eight or nine, off to the farm I'd go, to Grandma Housey Gardener Griggs, about 80 miles or so, an 80-acre farm in Vale with cows and chickens, lots of raspberry bushes that always seemed to need picking, acres of hay to mow and rake and hay stacks to make, and lots of good old-fashioned cookies to bake. Magpies to shoot and rabbits to hunt, always busy. My first 12-gauge shotgun spun me around, made me dizzy. Grandma took good care of me and fed me very well. Even Grandpa sat me on his knee and had a story to tell. I learned a lot back there at good old Grandma's house. I had a spot upon a hill where I could go. It was quiet as a mouse. Everyone should have a chance to live a while on a farm, to watch the cows and horses and pigs could do no harm. So I have and cherish my early childhood days. It helped me to grow and develop in so many ways to go to Grandma's house. This one's entitled, Dad's Garden. Let me tell you about a memory that lingers loud and clear. Very early in the morning, shovel in hand, was my dad so dear. Turning over the soil rich and dark, row after long row. Then raking and smoothing the ground, for he had seeds to sow. This was my dad's very favorite thing he loved to do, to show everyone what he could grow, even me and you. 
He very carefully would plant corn, tomatoes, and radishes, and beans, cucumbers, lettuce, whatever he wishes. When they started to grow, you never saw a single weed. The rows were long, the furrows deep, to nourish every seed. The water ran down the rows to give it a good start. People would walk by and see large plants and think, Dad was so smart. But by and by, when the cucumbers were so green and long, the tomatoes red and juicy, and onions so sweet and strong, all the neighbors had eaten some of the vegetables by then. How proud I was to say, they came from my dad and dad's garden. This is just uh, a title we put in it called More Growing Up. Between early morning and evening chores, there was lots of work to do. Oh, those potato cutting days and thinning sugar beets too. All the farmers depended upon us strong, hard, working guys. We had clothes and shoes to get, just lots of things to buy. With my rifle, oh, with my file in my pocket and the hoe in my hand, down the rows I'd go to do the assigned acre of land. Thinning beets was hard work with lots of bending over. We made sure the beets were spaced right and no weeds or, or clover. The better job of spacing and weeding that we would do would produce large and beautiful beets and more money too. So we always did our very best to do a day's work for a day's pay. What good workers, what honest workers, they would say. Another fun and exciting job I did to make extra cash was cutting seed potatoes. You had to be quick as a flash. Hundreds of pounds of seed potatoes to be cut and planted. Rolling down the table, the potatoes came, my knife a bit slanted. I was the very fastest. Mom and Dad tried to keep up. My sacks were always filled first. They just gave up. But I was young and had more energy, and it was lots of fun. Soon the potatoes would grow large and mature in the Oregon sun. My days working in the fields made me strong like a man. I loved the outdoors about as much as anyone can. The value of work was an early lesson, well learned. So always give a full day's work for a day's pay, case adjourned. This one's entitled, and you'll probably wonder why, it's entitled Car Experiences. My brother and I had an old Ford Model A car. We used it mostly driving around the farm. Didn't go far, but it was fun going out hunting rabbits in the hills. We never respected the old car much. Used it for thrills.
Never thought much about our safety. Didn't seem to care. Couldn't drive it on long trips. We wouldn't dare. But it was fun to learn about cars for later on. We kept it around for several years. Its memories never gone. Soon as we got older, more beautiful cars came to view. We were thinking of girls and pretty cars, wouldn't you? My next, next car was a Chevrolet, a sharp, blue, nice four-door. Well, here we are again, trying to finish up this recording. Uh, Gordon, Grandpa or Dad or whoever to you, last time was recording his poems about his life. And he has a book that he has written that has pictures in it and poetry and, and sayings and a song and different things that he has written. And uh, if any of our family or anyone would like to have a copy of this book, Jody Grigg, which is Joe and Sharon's son, has a company called Lithographics Incorporated, and he does printing. He has a copy of this book, and he said he'd be happy to make anybody this book, if they print anybody this book, if they would like it. And he would just charge for the supplies. I don't know what his cost would be, but it wouldn't be an enormous one anyway. In case you'd like to get a, a hold of him, his cell phone number is 208-284-9255. And his company is in Garden City, Idaho. Okay, we were finishing up Pop's poems about his life and somewhere along the way, the chip filled up, and I don't know where it was at, but we're not going to go back and do these poems because I don't know where he left off. But there are some questions that our family has asked him to answer, and uh, I'm going to read these questions to, to him and see if he can answer some of them. Okay, the first one is by Kyler Harmon. Grandpa, could you tell us some stories about the cars you used to drive? Now, he did give a poem on it, I don't know if he has anything more to say on cars. He says, no, it's in the poem. Second one is by Gordy, your best recipe. And his recipes, best ones are chicken and noodle soup and um, prime rib beef. Those are the things that he was known for. Abby, what is one piece of advice that you think everyone should know? Do you want to say that? You had to speak kindly and gently to everyone, especially your mate. Well, that pretty well covers it, but let me repeat it, what I've already said about that. Speak, speak kind and gently to everyone. Be kind and, and be gentle to everyone. Especially your mate. Especially who? Your mate. Especially your sweetheart, your loving, eternal mate, probably. And uh, I could give lessons all day long on how to be sweet and gentle to your mate because I am exactly that way with my lovely wife, Gloria. She's my eternal companion, or will be in the hereafter. 
but right now she's my my uh, strength and my my talk, my words. She's everything I am. Okay. Okay. And Jordan says, "What was your What was it like in Germany?" Well, Germany is a beautiful country. And I cannot sit here in five minutes or even 30 minutes and do it justice because Germany is one of the finest, cleanest, most organized country that I have been in in my life. Everything is nice in Germany and they make it that way and they brag about it and they like people to to uh, take note of just what we're asking what makes it good what makes it the way that it is and what was your favorite memory as a child it wouldn't be of germany mm -hmm. what was your favorite memory as a child well my favorite memory as a child uh, Leland, my older brother and I, used to go hunting together. And we would go out and pop off these jackrabbits. And when we got home, we'd count up how many we each one got. And uh, it would go into the oh, 30s and 40s, 50s each because rabbits, jackrabbits were very popular and they come in and eat the farmers food and grain and destroy a crop in no time if you didn't have something to run them off with. But we found out how to get rid of rabbits and uh, one of the ways was just get our trusty guns and go out and shoot them. And uh, three or four of us at a time would take leave and we'll take a big healthy walk out to the country and uh, start shooting rabbits in the sagebrush. And you became a good shot. Because there was lots and lots of rabbits everywhere. And it was nothing to shoot, oh, 30, 40, 50 rabbits in an in a outing. And you became a good shot, so you, that's what you did in Germany, was shoot your rifle. Well, yeah, I'd already mastered my shooting ability by the time I got to Germany. And when I got to Germany and I just I wasn't trying to brag or anything. I was just doing my na normal, natural thing, and that is beating in competition. We had lots of competition, and you would be shooting at targets, the same as your buddy next door to you there. Uh, all of us would be trying to beat the other one. And you were on teams. You were on teams for the generals. 
And uh, before all that was over, uh, I was so known, well known, and and uh, such a good shot that all the generals would ask for me to be on their team in person. And that was always an honor. And whenever I was transferred to one of these general teams, uh, generals team, that's plural, uh, I would I would earn my my keep, so to speak, because I could pop off a rabbit about as quick as I could do anything. And you learned how to shoot by doing that. And of course, I became a better shot daily by being out shooting rabbits on the run or wherever we found a rabbit pop out from under a bush or something. We were able to take care of that rabbit in good shape. Okay, and what was the best family vacation you have ever taken? Probably I, Disneyland. I don't remember. Probably Disneyland. We took the family to Disneyland. Well, I'll always remember that one. And it may very well be the best family vacation because uh, later on in life, my parents were not too loving with one another. And uh, good times together as a family were very scarce. That's what we did with our family. And yeah, we, we've done that already with our family and went to Disneyland and we'd go out and do different things together. And if you want to keep a good close family, just take them hunting or take Fishing. them out and teach them Fishing. some different things about your... Yeah, take them fishing. ...yourself. And fishing was always involved. We became good fishing buddies with lots of people. And I'd get calls and they'd say, let's go fishing today. And being a free man like I was, I'd say, give me 15 minutes and I'll meet you at this junction. So I loved to go fishing. What is your favorite memory of your parents? And you wrote down any time they were getting along well, which was seldom. Well, that's dicks. My, my parents, bless their hearts, uh, I'm here because of them and I'm not going to knock them because they were good parents to me and my brothers and sister. And uh, they would have died taking care of us if they need be. But they were always there for us. And uh, my parents to me are just good, normal, natural parents, even though they themselves don't get along very well. And they were divorced when you were on your mission. And I, I, after, well, while on my mission, my two-year mission, I was in Germany no, there. No, no, North Central States. I was called to the North Central States, so I guess I was a missionary to the North Central States mission. But uh, it was a good time. 
Yeah, but your parents were divorced while you were on your mission. Um, yeah, I need to say that, I guess. But my parents got a divorce during the time I was on my mission, active, actively doing missionary work. And I was uh, assigned to different places and different areas. And uh, that's what we did back then with our missions. We were, we were assigned to this place or that place, whoever needed our help. And then we would be <coughs> invaluable in, in a lot of ways to these people there in that area. Okay, next one. Kyler says, Grandpa, what advice would you have for a couple just starting their life together? And Tammy says, how do you do it? What is the secret of a lasting, successful marriage? And you say, love your mate and don't argue. Talk through any problems. 